Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 294 for October 2, 2022. We made it to October, Chris. Yay. <laughs> I'm Marty, and that, as always, is Captain Charisma himself, my buddy Chris. Hey, pal, how's it going? <laughs> ah, I'm doing all right. How are you doing this week? I am doing better uh, than. Oh man, I can't. I, I have to stop myself from saying that. It's terrible. What is wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> well, I think if you listen to last week's episode, you know yes. what's wrong with me. Yes. But um, yeah, no. Uh, you know, I'm I'm here, man. Okay. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Well, you know. about all you can ask for these days, right? But the fact is, you're here. Unlike certain people, such as. That's where I was going to go. Is this what they use in Weekend of Bernie's? <laughs> That's actually the entrance music of one Antonio Inoki. I don't who, think I've ever heard his entrance music before. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun little jam. But 79 years old, passed away. Um, you may be wondering, why, why are we leading off the Rough House with... What to the because death is omnipresent and around us at all corners. (laughs) Yes, yes, and that's really what we want you to take away from the show. Death (laughs) is always around you. No, um, other time is undefeated. Very true. Uh, But Antonio Inoki uh, worth digging into at the top of the show, if just because of uh, how heavy he looms in the world of professional wrestling. Um, So, for those who do not know who Antonio Inoki is. Uh, legendary professional wrestler in Japan. <laughs> he literally founded New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, politician. Uh, he did uh, the infamous uh, North Korea North show. Korea show. Mm-hmm. He, he, I shit you not, went to Iraq and uh, got 13 hostages released by negotiating directly with Saddam Hussein. Yeah, by threat of slapping the fuck out of him, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he created the entire concept of fighting spirit, which has basically dictated easily the last 20 years of professional wrestling around the world. Sure. Uh, he, for those, again, who, who are not familiar, the, the best way to describe who Antonio Noki is and was, uh, beyond also a WWE Hall of Famer, let's mm-hmm. not forget he's got that under his... A massive chin as well. Even though they didn't officially recognize his uh, title reign. Right, but right. That's a whole other thing. That, that's a whole <laughs> other thing for another time. Uh, but he is basically Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan all in one. Yeah. With all of the good and most of the bad uh, that you can say in saying that. I, I don't know for sure if he sexually assaulted uh, anyone that he worked with. Uh, I also don't know if he used the N-word ever. 
Uh, but I can tell you, he is a legit psycho. Oh, sorry, was uh, R.I.P. Uh, was legit psychopath, uh, and uh, definitely uh, thought his reign could last longer than it, it really should have or could have. Yeah. Um, but top star in, in professional wrestling in Japan really sort of defined the style. He and Baba were both part of uh, the JWF, which was the original top pro wrestling company yeah. they both chose to leave at the same time as top stars and started concurrently new japan pro wrestling and all japan pro wrestling right uh and then new japan became the dominant force for literally the past 50 years 50th anniversary of course being this year uh having launched the company in 1972 yeah, um, and he was also a young boy for Ricky Dozen. Yeah, yeah, trained by Ricky Dozen, who, you know, was the gorgeous George of Japanese wrestling. Uh, just yeah. the the guy who really invented the art in, in terms of how they understand it in that country. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone who has gone through uh, Japanese wrestling really owes something to Inoki, uh, you, you, again, saying that that Hulk Hogan analogy is is pretty accurate in that he defined what pro wrestling is in the eyes of the average person in Japan. Um, you know, a celebrity who uh, did the talk show circuit, and uh, he he had his slap that he would do across the face of people where he would transfer his fighting spirit. Uh, there's an amazing video going around from one of the uh, Noki Bombay uh, MMA shows that would happen every year on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, in the year 2000, an entire line of people at the Tokyo mm -hmm. Dome walking into the ring just to get the shit slapped out of them by Antonio Inoki. Because, I take it. Uh, they believed, of course, you know the, the power would transfer. And who could forget the time in the late 70s uh, when he beat up a team of traveling preteens and the Bad News Bears go to Japan? Yes, yes. He did beat up the Bad News Bears and Bad News Bears go to Japan. Uh, he also uh, had one of the biggest uh, mixed fighting matches of all time. Oh, with uh, Ali, yeah. Yeah, with Muhammad Ali, uh, which was promoted in the U.S. by Vince McMahon. Uh, so, you know, uh, owes part of his promoting career to Antonio Inoki. Yeah. Um, and uh, th though the rules were set up where Inoki could not be on his feet for the fight, he could only be on the mat, which resulted in a, a fight that was mostly Ali trying to punch down, literally, mm -hmm. while Inoki kicked his legs, ruining Ali's legs. And basically changing Ali's ability as a fighter from that point forward, mm. um, all because he wanted to prove pro wrestling was a dominant art. Now, that dovetails into some of the problems of Antonio Inoki. When you take a look at this man's legacy, it's not just, oh, he invented what we understand as fighting spirit, strong style, and, and you know, what Japanese wrestling is. Uh, if you look at the late 90s, early 2000s, he pushed a lot of people into trying to follow his path uh, and that resulted in the infamous Enokiism era of new japan pro wrestling where if you were a top star in new japan you weren't just expected to work the tokyo dome and work all the wrestling shows you were expected to go into fights at uh, anoki bombay shows or in pride and fight legitimate mma fighters 
for the honor uh, of pro wrestling. For, yeah, for the honor of pro wrestling, most of whom got absolutely fucking murked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuji Nagata at the time, the most highly defended IWGP champion of all time, uh, a record ten defenses, which would later be uh, 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 broken out, by Okada. Yeah, broke, well, broken by Tana uh, Tanahashi, oh. and then broken by Okada. Uh, he went in with uh, Mirko Krokop and got mm. murked in thirty eight seconds, like <laughs> just absolutely murdered. Uh, Yoshihiro Takayama. Uh, another guy who was getting the big push in New Japan goes in with Don Fry, and his face was never the same. <laughs> um, like uh, the, the Fry Takayama spot is from that fight. That fight is because of Antonio Inoki. Uh, Liger fighting in MMA, getting murked because of Antonio Inoki. He had this thought that pro wrestlers need to be seen as the top dominant people in the world of fighting sport. You would think and if there was a trend of the pro wrestlers getting their asses kicked in under a minute, then maybe he'd stop doing that. Yeah, but he thought it was their weakness, <laughs> which speaks to the whole Vince McMahon yeah. ask of him. Uh, also, to that same degree, uh, the crazy stunts that he would do on his Anoki uh, Bombay shows and, and the pride uh, shows he there's a video going around of uh, at the beginning of one pride show he decided to parachute into the top of the tokyo dome nice. um also at uh, one of the inoka bombay shows he crucified himself okay dressed as as jesus uh when he negotiated the release of the prisoners in iraq he converted to islam and renamed himself i shit you not muhammad hussein Anoki. I did not know that. Yeah, that that's technically still his legal name at the, at the time of his passing. Wow. Um, he uh, he was a real interesting guy. If nothing else, you can say, <laughs> dude had a hell of a life lived. But when you yeah. just look at the the uh, straight line that is uh, Anoki's library of work and and what he did in New Japan Pro Wrestling and the style he set. Versus the modern pro wrestling style we see in WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, indies around the world. Uh, this guy defined it. So, uh, you know, 79 years young, uh, we, you know, we, we wish him the best at his passing. <laughs> and uh, if, if I can give anyone uh, the, the things to watch. Yeah. Uh, to, to look back on the career, I'm, I'm just going to throw two at you. One, him versus Vader during his uh, his retirement run in 1996. It is probably the last great match he had, and uh, he just played the plucky, fiery baby face to an absolute destroying monster in Vader. It's an awesome match. It's 14 minutes of nothing but bangers being thrown. It, okay. It's so fucking good. And also... Uh, from I, I think was it last year uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episode about the Collision the in Korea, Korea show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not just because Anoki himself shows up to do an interview for it, but it, it really shows uh, how he was trying to change the world through pro wrestling, um, even if his want for doing so was not necessarily the most uh, altruistic. But uh, yeah, yeah, hell of a guy. Hell of a guy yeah, and certainly interesting. Like if how's there not been like a biopic uh, about his life? Oh, made? absolutely. 
I mean, there may have been in Japan and we just don't know about it. But, you know, I feel like that is something that could stretch into American audiences. This literal larger than life sort of person and personality. I mean, he was what? Pushing seven feet? He was a tall guy. Uh, uh, he was six something. I don't know if he was if he was that big because Baba okay. was was definitely seven. Okay, uh, but Anoki was pretty big, and of course the 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 very strong jaw. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it, he he cut an imposing figure even in old age. It wasn't until yeah. recent years. Some video came out of of uh, I, I forget the name of the ailment he had. It's a, it, it's not a common ailment, but it, and it has a very long name. But uh, just seeing how much his, his body had atrophied was, atrophied, was yeah. truly stunning because this was a guy who even a few years ago, there's there's a video that goes viral every so often, was going viral now. Uh, his company, the Enoki Genome Federation, there was a match between um, Sylvester Turkey and uh, Luke Gallows okay. that was so bad that Enoki <laughs> rushed the guardrail. And was slamming the guardrail with rage. Surprised he didn't just go in the ring and slap the shit out of he, both guys. I think he was trying to, but yeah. he was so mad he couldn't figure out how to get across the rail. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he was there 60, 70 years old, losing his fucking mind about did how bad a match they had. Yes, of course he did. Of course yeah, he did. Scarf that, guy. Yeah, big the OG scarf, scarf guy. guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, but. Uh, it, it is kind of bittersweet. Of course, he passes during the 50th anniversary year yeah. of New Japan. Um, Okada had been paying a lot of homage to him in, in his entrance gear in recent memory. Um, and I'm sure, though they did a 10-count uh, at the Royal Quest show, I'm sure there's probably going to be a bigger memorial to do sure. uh, for Inoki. Um, hell, I would be surprised if they just dedicate Wrestle Kingdom this year to him. Right, yeah. Um, but Whatever uh, they do for him would have to be at the Dome. So yeah, Absolutely. But a true legend, um, few ever like him, few ever will be like him. And uh, thoughts with friends, family, and fans uh, th- at this time of his passing. Yeah, throwing bad news bears go to Japan today. Yeah, yeah. Give, you give yourself a little math, Al. Go for it. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and talk about uh, this company. Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. So, there are definitely some good things happening in WWE right now. We, okay. We get into it a bit in the latest episode of Schlegel Soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Available for Patreon uh, subscribers. Uh, $5. Just throw it out there. You get to hear us and OG. Roughhouse member Justin Schlegel break down all the world wrestling. So yeah, some things are, are happening that are very good. Roman Reigns, the Bloodline, Sami Zayn, top tier storyline. I didn't get to say it on uh, our recording, Justin. My gut instinct is yeah, having Zayn be the guy to go after Roman would be pretty great. I have a real bad feeling this turns to the Usos versus Owens and Zayn, but that's here or there. <laughs> But in some ways, Chris, the shine is coming off the apple. And okay. the right. problem is one, at the time, brilliant idea that worked once and looks like it's not working as well again. And that is the white rabbit, Chris. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask Justin about this, but we, we reached a logical conclusion to our uh, Schlegel soapbox, so I didn't get yeah. a chance to bring it up. This... <clears throat> ridiculous 
stunt yes vignette promo all the above yeah um promotional is, tactic sure yeah let's call it that um to me is kind of infuriating and <laughs> did you ever also... like any of the viral marketing stunts like the the dark knight joker slash i believe in harvey dent stunt or uh I, I... yeah but i knew what that was about though that's fair that's fair. <laughs> I didn't have to go digging through QR codes and and websites and then do uh, uh, searches for poetry from the 1500s and all this weird sort of shit that people are pun intended fiendishly digging through mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. and figure out where, when, and who is behind this stupid fucking thing. And it speaks to the hypocrisy of wrestling Twitter. Yes. In that these uh, WWE troll troglodytes are digging through every line of code, every single word, every single everything about this sort of thing to figure it out. Meanwhile, you get a fucking former Ring of Honor world champion who is challenging for the title that he never uh, lost and never got a chance to defend uh, or, or have a rematch against. And they're like, well, I've never heard of this guy. Am I supposed to look up who this guy is? Yeah. Fucking you're an asshole. OK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can bring up a QR code. I can read through the source code of a website to find a hint toward Alistair Black. Whoops. Yeah. And I can go, oh, well, you know what? That's the coordinates. That 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 is that is coordinates for where they're gonna be for SmackDown on Friday. Oh, I right. better watch SmackDown on Friday. Yet I can't bring up the Google machine and do wiki bandito wrestler. Yeah. Like <laughs> or just go to YouTube and type in, you know, Band- Bandito Ring of Honor. Of bandito. Like, and you're gonna see some good shit. And yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm excited for this match. Who's now. this Juice Robinson and what is he to do in the in the AEW? Now okay, it's probably assumably that this is going to be Bray Wyatt. Sure. But, but let's look at what happened. That's the grand assumption here. They ran the one vignette Monday before last, which then showed 923, 923, indicating Friday, 3 p.m. on that Friday. And people tuned in. Smackdown did the biggest number it's ever done, specifically spiking Around 9.23 p.m. during the Braun Strowman segment that happened before because people were going, oh, Braun used to be part of the Wyatt family. This is probably Mm -hmm. him. Okay. Didn't pop up then. And then at 9.23, there's an in-ring segment by the Rough House's favorite stable, Hit Row. (laughs) And there's just a fucking QR code on a sign. (laughs) Yeah. A guy walking by with a QR code. With the sign. That's it. So you just had the biggest audience you've had on network television in the, what, three years Mm -hmm. you've been on Fox. You had your opportunity. And look, I know you can say Monday Night Football and everything else, but then you go right to Raw because this QR code led to another hint. Which indicated that, shock of shocks, the next installment of whatever this is, 
Well, that's going to be on Raw. Raw does, admittedly, against multiple Monday Night Football games. That's a new twist in, in this weird world we have now. Does one of the lowest numbers of the year. You go from the highest highs to the lowest lows. Yeah, because you don't fucking pay anything off. In three days, because you don't pay anything off. And you know what the best part is? That code leads to another hint that something's going to be revealed on Friday. Yeah, spoiler alert, nothing fucking happened on Friday. Oh, oh, no, no, you're wrong, Chris. Did something happen? Yeah. Another fucking QR code. That's not something. That's more bullshit. Which told you (laughs) that something might happen on Monday. Yeah, no. And you look. You can dangle the carrot on the stick, but for so long. I I, I recognize at this point it's probably going to be Extreme Rules, which is coming up uh, next weekend in Philadelphia. That's probably where this is going to happen. That'll go well in Philly. (laughs) I am already thinking. I can't wait for Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Someone picks up a chair, and you know what's on the bottom of that chair? Another goddamn QR code. Yeah. Yeah, or tiny URL or something like that. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) man, this is – look, okay, you're doing a white rabbit thing, and you're making people go down the rabbit hole. It's too much fucking work. Yeah. It is. too Like – Go and listen to Schlegel's soapbox and Justin's many complaints about AEW. WWE is doing the same sort of shit right here with with making people jump through all these other hoops to do all this shit to figure out what's going on. Just just fucking tell me or give me something substantial or tease something legit and concrete. I I don't fucking know. I, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care about fucking Bray Wyatt returning, and you know I don't even know who else it could be, uh, and if that person could or would move the needle. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, and and, and that's the problem because you also have what has been the uh, the the real feather in the hat of the Papa H era of WWE. We're just still bringing people back. Yeah. So Johnny Gargano's been brought back. Okay. Cool. He's What's just he a guy now. Yeah. He, he teamed up with Owens on Monday, and yeah, the match was fun and fine. But there's not much happening there. Okay, right. he's kind of feuding with Austin Theory. Who gives a fuck? Not me. Braun Strowman got brought back. Is he going for a title? No, he's just a guy. Well, on Monday, they brought back Candice LeRae. She's now okay. officially on the main roster. What the fucking do? <laughs> I like Candice. I, I think I she's no very talented. Candace, but who gives a shit? Right. Like, I, I know that, and 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 I hate to sound like you know an a, an antagonized AEW fan by by bringing the comparison, but again, back it all out. Twenty twenty one. One of the things, and, and this infamous phrase came up. One of the things people were attacking was. The number of debuts on that show. They had Ruby Soho debut in mm-hmm. the Women's Casino Battle Royal. And then they had Adam Cole and Brian Danielson Brian debut back to back after the main event. It was massive. And you know what happened? Ruby Soho, yeah, it's fallen apart since, but she got pushed right into a women's title program. Adam Cole, up until his concussion, 
And yeah. Brian Danielson, through as recently as this week, have been pillars, to use an AEW term, of AEW programming. Mm-hmm. Everyone said, hey, well, what happens when the pops run out? Well, the pops haven't run out yet because they fucking do things. Well, okay, I'll I'll play devil's advocate here um, because, you know, they brought in Amiro and yeah, he had a TNT title run uh, yeah. after a dismal run with Kip Sabian and yeah. Penelope Ford. Yeah. Uh, so they, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, it was peaks and valleys for him and he's in a deep valley right now. Hopefully something, you know, happens yeah. to get, bring him out of just there. fucking put him and Wardlow against each other in a TNT title program. That's all Amen. I need. That's yeah. all I need. And somebody we spoke about on the soapbox as well as a Malachi Black who, yeah, yeah, you know, came in, like we said, kicked Cody's head off, had a big program with him, formed the House of Black, and now is asking for his release. Who Question knows? Mark? You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, if you want our extended thoughts on Malachi Black's uh, feud with the dirt sheets and uh, <laughs> current state of contract, uh, please check out the soapbox because so, I don't feel like digging into it again. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, Suffice to say, AEW does, you know, not have the cleanest of track records with right. debuting people and then using them to their full potential. I mean, right. usually, like you said, right out of the gate, they'll be put in something substantial, but it's the follow through that has become more the problem. Right. But meanwhile, on Triple H's side of running things, they don't even get anything out of the gate to yeah. follow through. Yeah. On. It's uh, just, the, OK, you go, you know, team the, the Kevin statement Owens for or, ages was. Uh, you know, Triple H's problem with call-ups to the main roster was, well, I don't love that Vince just brings these people up, just bring them up. I want them to have a story when they get brought up. Uh... Also, can we at least see the irony in that the big move right now for WWE to really get people excited again is to just go, we fired these people. Now they're <laughs> not fired. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's an odd admission of fuckery, I guess is yeah, one way to put like, it. Like, there's part of me that's wondering, like, so come you know, end of year, post mania, you know, all all the traditional times are just gonna go. Mm-hmm. Well, let's fire these six people, and then all summer long, we will yeah. have debuts, <laughs> like three day butts. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense, and it certainly doesn't. They're, you know, they're taking the the Schlegel adage of "can't miss you if you don't go away" to a a very very ridiculous. Well, we can't miss you if we don't take away your form of payment, also. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just waiting for Ricochet to get his release after Extreme Rules, and then re-debut in the Rumble and headline WrestleMania. Oh God, you know? Ricochet! Uh, what a talented, stupid man. He and Will Ospreay really are <laughs> two peas that are mushed together in a pod, aren't they? Uh, I, I, I know I, I texted you about this, but I just want to dig into it. Ricochet was doing press, and they asked him who he thought would beat Roman Reigns for the, the Universal Championship. Mm-hmm. And he said, Dwayne Johnson, because if it ain't him... Who else could it be? I don't know. You? Yeah. Put yourself <laughs> over, brother. Come on. <laughs> that was your opportunity to be like, you know what? I think I could really do some great bit. Like, I recognize dude's probably not held a real job, but can you imagine going for a job interview? And it's like, yeah. so where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I'm definitely never going to be management. <laughs> like, well, no, you're supposed to at least fucking 
bullshit. Yeah. Like, come on, my dude. Yeah. I, I know you're from Bumblefuck, Kentucky, but like flip yourself into a new gig. Come on. Ah, oh, God. Yeah. A little frustrating. It's so, <laughs> you know, the sky was the fucking limit for Prince Puma, man. And now yeah. he's, you know, just doing flippy doos and nobody's watching on main event on Peacock or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. But hey, uh, Extreme Rules will, if nothing else, have one really good match uh, because they announced they're going to do the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a six-man tag. And that should fucking rule. But sure. did you hear the name of the stipulation, Chris? Uh, it's uh, a Donnybrook. Is that what they're calling it? A little bit more than that. It's a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. Oh, trademark that, please. <laughs> Good old-fashioned Donnybrook. Yeah, okay. that, that, that is uh, this month's most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. Can you even really use that successfully without William Regal announcing it? Like, it, it doesn't make sense out of anybody else's mouth. It, it, it's sad Bring enough Nigel. that they Bring announced, Nigel over for it. That they announced War Games is going to be the whole concept for Survivor Series this year. Which is a whole other thing. You don't announce the gimmick without having a storyline to fit it. You, you, do the, you did it backwards, you dumbass. Uh, well, they've been doing that for years. I mean, Extreme Rules is a perfect example. Every well, single no, match I, is, I is some Hell sort in of a cell. It's Hell October, in a cell. Yeah. so we gotta have somebody in a cell. Yeah, but who the fuck are they gonna have yell war games? Like, come on. Are you gonna yeah. get like one of the turds that you fired from an XT UK to mumble it into a microphone? I mean, eh. I'm just saying, bring Nigel McGuinness over, at least get, have somebody with an accent uh, who's yeah. at least worth a damn to say it. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they could do that, but they also have, uh, 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 What's his name? Bad News. Um, bad News Barrett. Uh, yeah, Bad News uh, Barrett. They, they got him um, doing commentary in NXT. He probably can oh, sound pretty good saying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a grumbly enough voice. Yeah, no, um, I got no beef with Barrett. Yeah, I kept wanting to say Bad News Brown, and that's definitely, definitely not, not the, definitely not, the, not, not the right guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I don't know. Um, just it's weird. I I, I love the one two punch of we're going to tell you it's going to be a, a war games in advance. And also, we aren't really going to do blood because we think the industry has moved past that. Sure, right? Fucking okay. Triple H sitting there with his, you know, eyebrow line or his his forehead lines, which aren't all natural. Sure, <laughs> talking yeah. about oh, you know, we really gone past blood in pro wrestling. It's kind yeah. of barbaric, don't you think? Sure. I mean, that's the that's a COO talking right there. Yeah. That's meanwhile. That's- Fucking Cody's on the line trying to get to the front office. No, no, we need to be able to blade. We need to do it. Let yeah, me do it. Yeah, yeah, I tied Come my on. hair blonde for a reason, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It was what? in my contract. Yeah, I wanted to blade the tit at fucking Hell in the Zone. They wouldn't let me. I don't care if it's hard way. Bring Brock in there to elbow my fucking forehead open. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's let's get the darkest, deepest, most horrific blood possible. <laughs> yeah, right. The good visceral stuff. Oh, the Hellraiser uh, tint of blood. <laughs> that reminds me. Are you going to watch the new Hellraiser? I actually do want to watch that. Yeah, yeah it, it does look fucking good. Chick Penhead, sign me up. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, well, it's weird well kink I didn't know I had head. until now. Trans oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the, okay, the actor's cool. trans. So, all right. Uh, and I'm Fine sure there there's someone who looks like me who has a very angry video about that on YouTube. <laughs> well, there could also be a, a video of somebody who looks like you with a very happy video about that. You know what? That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. 
Yeah. <laughs> white white guy with a thinning hairline with a beard. It really could go either way. <laughs> and, and, you know, guy is, uh, is, is, you know, a term that could go either way on this, too. Yeah, you that's know. true. That's true. You know. Anyway, let's hit this button. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we are on the road to their next big show, Declaration of Power. But along the way, we've had uh, a big weekend in England. Uh, one of two shows has happened. The other one is starting in just a few hours. These are not being streamed live because I guess they just don't have that in England. Uh, because I don't think a single indie has ever streamed live from the UK. So Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about it. RevPro, Progress, you know, all the big ones. They all do VOD after the fact. Hmm. They've never done live streaming. So I saw some people be like, what the fuck are you doing, New Japan? Why are you streaming it live? Well, they tried doing it, you know, with the last Royal Quest, and the stream was fucking awful, and they had to give refunds to everybody. Ah. So I think this time they're just like, eh, we'll put it on New Japan World afterwards. Okay. Uh, but uh, the Hurricane, proving undefeated this week, kept Jonah from getting on a plane and being able to be a part of the Royal Quest show, so they had to move some things around. God damn it, uh, Shane Helms. I know, right? Shane Helms fucking went over big this week. He he yeah, absolutely he murked the AEW roster on Wednesday. Which yeah, we'll he was trending. It. Trending number one. <laughs> Just a minute. Uh, but uh, here's what was on the Saturday show. Uh, Gabriel Kidd returned to the New Japan ring after dealing with some mental health issues. He defeated okay. Dan Maloney. Uh, Michael Oku and Ricky Knight Jr., the guys who got five stars with Will Ospreay, uh, defeated uh, the great Okan and Gideon Gray. So a big loss for the United Empire in the UK. Okay. Um, we had a women's match of Alex Windsor and Ava White defeating Kanji and Jazzy Gabert. Uh, Windsor oh. and Gabert will be going against each other uh, tonight for uh, uh, a spot in the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament. Tough month for uh, Alex Windsor, I guess. Huh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was a that was a Queen joke. <laughs> Uh, the uh, LIJ trio of Hiromo Takahashi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito defeated uh, Doki, El Desperado, and Zack Sabre Jr. We had, I think we get a solo match of Naito and ZSJ today. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, I think that's the main for today. Okay. Uh, Tamahiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada defeated Bad Dude Tito and Zack Knight. Zack Knight replacing Jonah. Um, and I believe Zack Knight is going to be replacing Ishii replacing in the singles match with Ishii uh, tomorrow or today. Uh, Is that Zach Knight, Paige's brother? Yes, Paige's brother. Okay. Indeed. Um, And Ricky Knight Jr., who was mentioned earlier, teaming with Michael Oku, also part of the the Knight family. I thought she only had one brother. She has two brothers? She has two brothers, yes. Were there two brothers in the movie? I just fucking... Uh, I don't remember. I think they might have have merged that. Um, Okay. Uh, Jado, Hikaleo, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tama Tonga defeated the Bullet Club group of Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Gato, and Jay White. Okay. Will Ospreay defeated Shota Omino by ref stoppage. He wouldn't stop doing the elbows. So, uh, he threw that out. And then FTR retained the IWGP tag team titles over Aussie Open in a match that was said to absolutely fucking rule. 
Yeah, had a very long ovation afterwards, from what I read as well. Yeah, and uh, FTR. The, the notable thing from yeah. that match is the promo that FTR cut afterwards. Yes, uh, in which they were appreciative of the crowd, uh, crowd's response to their match, and a pr- very appreciative of Aussie Open, saying that they were the future of tag team wrestling. But Dax also said, and you know, reading it and listening to it a little bit different, uh, you know, he said, Tony Khan, we're still on your payroll, so book us. Um, it was the the inflection of the of the promo was kind of in jest, but you could tell that there was some truth behind it. Whereas, you know, if you just read that statement as yeah, many it, people it, it tweeted out, cutting. it's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it it probably still shouldn't have been said especially least, not in front of a packed live crowd yeah. with a company that works tightly with aew right, mm, right. not a great look but you know they are friends with cm punk so they've learned eh, you know what uh just tee off on your issues in a public forum and nothing bad will ever happen to you mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. declaration of power though is coming up uh on october 10th at sumo okay. hall that's the next big Japan show for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Five matches have been announced. Ren Narita coming home, so we're going to see whatever his gimmick is. Okay. Uh, not right. His opponent not announced yet. It's just called the Ren Narita homecoming match, so we'll see that. Okay. Uh, Taji Ishimori and Kushida will have a non-title match, presumably because Kushida is still recovering from hand, foot, and mouth. Uh, oh, really? So, yeah, that, that's what took him off the shows. Dang. Um, does he have wee ones? Uh, he does, yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, otherwise, he's in some weird shit. That, that's why he's uh, <laughs> staying in the States. Like that, gotcha. That's, that's why he's continuing to live in the States, which is why he popped up on all those impact tapings. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Kazuchiko Okada will be going against Jonah in a rematch from the G1, and Jay White is going to be defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Tama Tonga in a match where I'm sure anyone can win. Um, But what I wanted to talk about, Chris, is this match for the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy. Oh, God. Shingo Takagi versus El Fantasmo in a Who's Who's Your Daddy Daddy match. match. Yeah, that's that's pretty cringe for my guy. I really don't like this. (laughs) Now, how would you feel if, and hear me out. Oh, boy. Shingo has to say. ELP is his daddy. Um, I would not like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much the 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 sentiment here. Uh, I think that that would be pretty damaging to his credibility and mm-hmm. character and mm-hmm. legacy and. Mm-hmm. Everything else that has made him one of the shining spots in the promotion over the past five years. Mm-hmm. A travesty is another word I would use to describe such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the sort of match where, you know, the heels should not win just in principle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Now, at the same time, if you could, would you call Shingo your daddy? I do. Fantastic. Already. Sounds about frequently. Right. Right around <laughs> AEW this week also pretty much absolutely wrecked by the hurricane, and in turn, their show in Philadelphia had to be significantly rewritten, uh, which definitely was not noticeable on the show. Oh boy, <laughs> this was maybe one of the weakest dynamites since the last one we went to. <laughs> <laughs> 
which was not a great show. Admittedly. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, yes, we had Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix, Phoenix which, which was great. But th- that would have been the equivalent of Jericho Bandito here. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what? It was all worth it. We also had uh, the infamous promo, which apparently has led to the destruction of the locker room. So yes. Yeah. Is that too. So, that going for it was monumental for a bad reason yes um but uh a a lot of things had to get changed juice robinson got added to the show going against john moxley i got announced last friday so i assume that wasn't hurricane related more hey tony you're married to juice can you just bring him to the show yeah uh but added on monday resulting in him showing up on wednesday was chris jericho defending the ring of honor world championship against bandito Mm mm-hmm and uh, this is interesting on a few levels. One, not just because Bandito had been in a state of limbo since the April Supercard of Honor AEW Ring of Honor Takeover show, uh, but because of not just the story in the match, which uh, was a hell of a match, Chris Jericho making Bandito yeah. look like an absolute world beater of a wrestler. The post match, where it looks like Jericho's whole gimmick is going to be uh, he is the dishonorable champion and he right. wants to defeat all of the prior Ring of Honor champions. So, at least the ones have, who are available for him to beat. Right. So, we may yeah. be having some uh, more guest booking. And of course, Further post-match, Tony Khan losing his fucking mind about Bandito in front of the live crowd and offering him a full-time deal after the show. We also forgot about Jericho beating up Bobby Cruz. Which yes, was yes, nice that's touch. true. He, he did he did murk <laughs> Bobby Cruz, which, uh, honestly, I was a little sad about. Sorry. Sorry, Bobbert. But a story that hasn't been reported as strongly. Uh, this came up from Fightful yesterday. Bandito lost his gear and had to spend all day Wednesday piecing together gear in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So he had a mask. Okay. So he was he, he was good in that regard. But everything else, he had to piece together the day of the show. Hmm. Up to and including, apparently, he tried contacting a, uh, a fan in the area who he had sold prior gear to. Wow. He was trying to get see if he could get that for one more show, and, and it didn't work out. Uh, he had to use What a masks. dick. What a dick uh, to not like, provide <laughs> know, that right? back. Like, um, he had to use masking tape for his wrist tape. Like that. Th- this was the level of struggle that... Nobody else could lend him some wrist tape? You I know, right? a whole fucking right? locker room full of people back there. Uh, but Hell, this was... CM Punk wore Dan House's boots at the fucking <laughs> pay-per-view. You I couldn't know, have right? asked some friends there? You couldn't have had Alex walk around to people and translate to... <laughs> can borrow some boots or something but if anything i mean what 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 a story for a guy who wasn't signed to on monday get booked tuesday wednesday fucking scramble to pull his shit together and then not only have one of the best tv matches this year i'm not gonna say it was Mm -hmm. the best but it was was really good and get a deal out of it i mean yeah that that is like movie level shit. So uh, tip that's a the good hat pickup too. Yeah, He's, yeah. Tip of the yeah. Tip the hat. Tip of the tip the hat. Um, had a fucking mini stroke there. Uh, yeah. No, he's a good pickup for for AEW. I mean, obviously, everybody knows my bias towards the lucha style, but Bandito is fully fucking legit. Um, so let's go. He's he's a he's he's a flippy guy, but he's also a big beefy guy too. He's yeah, very yeah. strong he's as very, as very seen strong. in that match with Jericho. So you know a, a different kind of spin to the Lucha Libre style, right? right. If you will, from Bandito. So yeah, I'm. Uh, was he was he if, uh, he was at the MSG show, right? Didn't yes. He... Yeah. It was it was him. Um, 
No, 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 no it was because it was Cobb and Osprey. Uh, it was him, was the- Taji Ishimori, Ishimori, and who was the th- oh Dragon Lee. That's right. Yeah, uh, a, a, match, a match where I could too, way too short, but a match where the ridiculousness of it, ridiculousness of it, made me just cackle the entire ten minutes. Yeah, ran. it was a highlight. It was like one of the. It was probably one of the three best matches of the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and hey, that New Japan side of the show was really fucking good, which says a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. The other half of the show, well, thanks, Bully Ray. Um, anyway, and in Matt terms. Taven. <laughs> In terms of the show itself, it kicked off with a long talking segment, the celebration of Chris Jericho's Ocho world title. Look, you can change your gimmick every week or every month. That's fine. You know, the, but these these 20 minute long opening, I don't even care if it's it, it, it was double bad that it opened the show. Yes. It was bad on its own that it was as long as it was and really you did all that work just to lead to a match that happened right afterwards and a, and a, to build to a tag match the next week. Yeah. Like that could have been done a lot more time effectively. And maybe, you know, maybe this was part of the rewrites that they had to have stuff to fill time. But I, you I, had... I think that's what it was. I, I think this was, you know what? We can kill 20 minutes at the top of the show and then have it segue ECW style directly into a match. Yeah, sure. You can do that. But why not have it go five minutes and then lead it into two matches? Yeah. You know, it's 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 not effective use of time. It's bad clock management to use a sports term, which they love, you know, being a sports related company. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it was I did not have to have everybody speak. I sh- certainly did not have to hear Anna Jade speak at this, um, you know, the 2.0 guys I get, but the meat of the whole thing is still this Garcia, Jericho, Brian thing, which looks like it's now least heading towards a finish. Yeah. It's everything with Chris Jericho is dragged on way too fucking long. Yes. Individual segments, programs, fugues yep. that won't end. You need to have an end in sight in these things. And no disagree them until it's, I just don't care anymore because there are good moments in these you know matches yeah. he had with eddie kingston but that feud went on yeah. for fucking ever this whole garcia brian thing with him and it's just just you know will they or won't they just fucking shit or get off the pot i'm, I'm yeah. tired of being strung along as we spoke about earlier at least you know we're getting matches out of this not a fucking yeah. qr code to see where daniel garcia's head's at tonight or some shit right like that. right right a- and you know yes you can point to with the ratings on wednesday I hate doing ratings talk, but there, there's a point to this. You can point to the ratings on Wednesday and say, oh, you know, the the hurricane coverage and uh, the Yankees game and all these other yeah. things affected it. Okay. Uh, makes sense. Nine out of the t- uh, ten top shows on Wednesday night were the Weather Channel. Yeah. The other show was Dynamite. So I get it. Still was a good show overall. But if you look at the quarter hours – the show started at like 1.2 million and fucking tanked the longer this segment went on. Yeah. And it never recovered. No. It not even with the great Jericho recovered. match. Right. So I feel like that is a sign from the universe telling you, Tony Khan, telling you, Chris Jericho, telling you anyone who has stake in this. Fucking stop. Yeah. No more. We've had and enough. It, it's it's a history of these things with Jericho. You remember yeah. the the one thing in, in the pandemic era where they brought Eric Bischoff out to moderate yeah, yeah, the, this the stupid the, fucking thing uh, yeah, with Orange fucking, Cassidy? I think it the was fucking War Council and like all, all these all stupid of the named segments. Yes, which he loves to come up with fucking names for shit because he thinks he's some clever fucking wrestling god or whatever. But yeah, yeah like it's 
it, honestly, for as great as that was, it New York Times award that they got for the singing segment with him. And oh MJF, yeah, yeah, like I look at that as the point that Jericho started sniffing his own farts a little too hard. Yeah, and well, and also I think it's Tony, you know, acquiescing because he doesn't want to. You know, he yeah. he knows <laughs> he's he's lost punk in the box. <laughs> right. He needs to keep one guy happy. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, and you know, not to take anything away from John Moxley, but in terms yeah. of popular culture, John Moxley is no. Chris also, Jericho. Moxley could give a fuck. Like Moxley, True. Really, I got five minutes. Cool. I got five minutes. I got an hour. I'll figure it out. Like. <laughs> He doesn't care. No, true. But I'm talking in terms of having somebody on your payroll who is, a, you know, a crossover sort of uh, star, you know? Right, right. And even, even Danielson's more of, of one than Moxley, thanks to the Total Diva stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, it, I just feel like there needs to be a time where, you know, you go to Jericho and say, okay, yeah, we can do this, but cut but... the time you wanted to have in half and make it right, work. Right, And he can make it work. Jericho is... I'm not knocking the talent of Chris Jericho. Yeah, in, Chris in, Jericho. God, if Chris Jericho did five ten minute promos, and I go, I wish that were longer. <laughs> like, yes, what a wonderful place that would be. That would be that would be a good spot to be in. But you had, you know, and I can guarantee you that there were wrestlers at the show on Wednesday who yeah. had were there and had nothing to do. Sure, like just throw on another match, man. Yeah. You know, you can figure out a storyline to work it in Where's somehow. Where's Dante Martin flipping off of something? Yeah. I mean, do I need a reason to see fucking Dante Martin and Phoenix wrestle again? No. No. I do not need a reason. No. Do I want to see it? Yes. Yes. Do I watch it? Yes. Yes. Let's go. You know? I mean, have you had uh, fucking Keith Lee there? Swerve apparently wasn't there for whatever reason. Yeah, he, he's but you have Florida. He was stuck. Oh, okay. That, yeah. And that's whatever. So you have Keith Lee there. Have him be a little bit pissed off about losing the title and, you know, have him, you know, go out there and squash somebody and give it five minutes or something like that. Have a murder, you know, private party again. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Run that back. It it doesn't hurt to do something (sighs) again. Sometimes it's the best thing you can do. Yes. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, Brian Danielson then had a match with Matt Menard and he beat Matt Menard. It was fine. As well, he should. And it was a fine match. Fine. I mean, anytime Danielson's wrestling is good. I mean, Danielson was, you know, basically just taking heat most of the match and then yeah. did his fire up finish and got it. So, you know, but yeah. anytime Danielson's wrestling, I'm way more intrigued and my eyes are farther away from my phone than when Chris Jericho and his group of douchebags is talking on a microphone with a bunch of you, fucking purple velvet suits. You'll be happy to know, by the way, a man who could not make the show due to said hurricane, Jake Hager. He was the one who thought of the purple velvet suits. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. We had a video package putting over Moxley versus Juice Robinson and then another recap, this time talking about the MJF Wheeler Yuta issue. Yeah. MJF came out and uh, cut a promo, uh, basically shitting on Philly. Shitting well, Utes on... came out first. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yuta came out first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, unloaded the gun of all the shit that yes. MJF would say to yeah, Philadelphia. That, that, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, uh, and um, you know, made fun of him for making fun of the local city. Made fun of him for making fun of the local sports team. It, it was a great fired up Yuta. Um, yeah. Again, we talked, we touched on this a bit in in the soapbox. So sorry for repeating ourselves here, but. Uh, Yuda is showing so much more confidence in himself and his Big character um, and him going toe to toe with MJF in a promo segment, whereas he was definitely trying to punch up 
uh, yeah. in terms of skill sets. Uh, I, I thought this put him over quite well. And MJF gave him uh, a, a lot here and, and yeah. really made him look good. Uh, they're going to have a match next week. Uh, as a part of the three-year anniversary edition of Dynamite, which will be in kind of our backyard, but we are not going. <laughs> yeah, actually, today is today as we're recording is a yes, three-year anniversary. The of, three-year anniversary, indeed, of the is. first Dynamite. So, um, but uh, good segment. I also really love the the line from Yuta about if uh, MJF doesn't want to fight in the ring, he'll leave him in a pool of his blood on Broad Street. Yeah, nice local reference with some good alliteration. Yep. Good shit. Um, Austin Colton Gunn uh, separate Yuta from uh, going after MJF. And of course, they said they would uh, do that next week. And MJF said the fans didn't deserve his catchphrase. So he had Austin Gunn say it. All right. That was nice. For it? Yeah. We had a quick video promo uh, for another Dynamite match next week. It's going to be Darby Allen against Jay Lethal. <laughs> I can still think of no reason to have Jay Lethal on TV, at least by to have him on this often. Yeah, I, I, I've I've got nothing. Uh, it, even take away the uh, ickiness of Jay Lethal as a person, they have easily five other guys who are as good in the ring who aren't as fucking dull. Yeah, I mean, just have fucking run back Miro and Darby. Yeah, for. Just get Miro on TV, please. What's the shit? What, what? The shit is happening? Why is he not on TV? Oh Why God. is he not on TV all the time? Um, then we had John Moxley versus Kip Juice Sabian Robinson. versus Darby. Yeah, you know, like, you know what? Let's go. Fuck. Let's do it. So I, I, I like Kip's new look. I think he needs a shot here. Yeah, I mean, he lost his big day return match, which and is... he's done fucking nothing since. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, well, he was apparently in a mixed tag match yeah, with yeah, uh, he was, he was Penelope against Sky Blue and Dante Martin. Yeah, so yeah, something yeah. happened, or we're making that up, but uh, but it's on dark, so nobody yeah, knew cares. about it. Uh, John Moxley and Juice Robinson had a really good match. Mox unsurprisingly won. Sure. Uh, I thought Robinson looked really good here, but okay. <laughs> Like, uh, it, it, he's mid. Yeah, he 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 is a very good talent. That uh, if this were a few years ago in AEW, he would have been a great pickup. Sure, but now it's just sort of like, well, there's uh, it, it's no different than what I just was saying about Jay Lethal, except for I actually would want to watch Juice Robinson. Um, also, yeah. Juice Robinson's current promos are amazing, but he could not do them on TNT. No, and he's rock hard Juice Robinson, which is yeah. just. Yeah, it's hard. That like said, that would be one of those things where you're watching and then your significant other comes in and you have to explain why he's calling himself rock hard. Yeah, well, I I, I got to do that during the the Soraya segment. Explain <laughs> oh, all of that. My wife consistently sees the worst part of pro wrestling. She's great timing. Uh, anyway, after the match, Hangman Page walked to the ring and had a stare down with uh, Moxley. They're going to have a match on the 18th. Uh, should be fucking awesome. MJF then interrupted from this tweet up top saying they're fighting to lose is whoever is champ is going to lose to him. But who's behind him? But Utes. Yeah. And uh, beat up MJF in the suite. It was a big, uh, big, awesome segment. Loved that. I thought that was just really well done. It was. And I love the, you know, the uh, the crane shot or I don't know if it was the um, 
hard cam or not, but they went from the ring and then panned over and then zoomed in on the box to reestablish yeah. where in the arena they were. Yeah. The only thing I would say is that as, as the brawl was finishing in the suites, they spoke about how, you know, Moxley and Paige were still staring each other down, but they didn't show it. And I wish they mm. would have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As always, show, you should show before you tell. Yes. In pro wrestling. Uh, then we had a video package putting over Bandito, uh, showing some of his highlights, not only from Ring of Honor, but also from All In, which they now have the full rights to. So uh, it, it, I, I thought they could have done a little bit better talking about how he was on the show that birthed AEW. But, yeah. yeah. You know, neither here nor there. And then we had, uh, boy, this segment. Soraya came out. And look. I am not going to shit on someone who has not done a live promo in a number of years sure. for kind of tripping over her feet in front of a live crowd. That happens. I am, however, going to be very confused and angry about the fact that apparently Soraya is the head of the AEW women's division and can just book matches now. Well, she did say that she spoke to Tony Khan ahead of time and got permission. So there's that. But again, Still, I don't I don't I, love I don't yeah. love this no no (laughs) and this also went on too long i i understood the concept which was they were kind of doing a soft reset of the aw women's division it's like here are your top faces yeah here are the heels you're going to see them against each other and and in that regard it was kind of a reset that the women's division needed and on Friday, it, it, it got further enhanced by the really fucking good match Willow Nightingale had with Jimmy Hayter. But it was just like, I didn't need this to go as long as it did. And, of course, Britt buried everyone again. I will say she's slightly self-aware because she said Soraya is nothing but a catchphrase. Unlike me, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was clever. Um, but it was just like, oh, that's weird. And then, uh, Soraya got bleeped for saying shit, which I guess is a no, no now. Uh, Taz cracking up was amazing. Um, and then, uh, we ended up having a lumberjill match, uh, as it was Tony storm against Serena Deeb for the interim women's championship with all the ladies on the outside. Um, and women be fighting, Chris. Women yeah, be fighting. Yeah, they be, the, they be fighting. The match was good, though. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it's it's Storm two of the top Dean. women in the uh, the current roster. Yeah, and the finish, that, that uh, it was like an avalanche pile driver. Which yeah, was, uh, the avalanche uh, Storm Zero. Storm Zero, yeah, it was, it was silly cool. So Yeah, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, so, uh, storm retains the interim championship. And then we go backstage. Tony is interviewing the acclaimed Billy Gunn. said next week it's national scissoring day. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, run with it, man. I mean, yeah, the champs, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, it's, it's silly. <laughs> it's stupid, yeah. but you know, it fits. So it's at least congruent with what they've been doing. So. Uh, and then, uh, Bowen said they were going to have an open challenge on rampage for the belts. And then Keith Lee interrupts and says, Billy Gunn was reasoning one of the titles. I'm a little sad. and was like, excuse me, Mr. S sir. I do believe you and I have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Put up your dukes. I feel your interference was improbable and unnecessary. 
Yeah, spoken a lot of very uh, big words calmly. Yes, yeah. Basically, he should be Doctor Hibbert without the laugh. Is is what I want. <laughs> is what I want out of Keith Lee. Uh, but Billy Gunn uh, told Keith Lee to tell Swerve he had two words for him: scissor me. Ah, uh, yeah. wink, wink. See what he did there. Uh, Butcher and the Blade were having an argument backstage with Private Party with Andrade and Jose trying to calm them down. Turns out the Andrade family office is still a thing. Um, <laughs> Jose said Andrade is still in charge and if they like it to shape up and ship out. So Matt Hardy wanders over slowly, awkwardly, <laughs> over. Yeah. painfully. Yeah. Uh, and interrupt private party to say he'd be there for them if they wanted. I think to he was there the whole time and they had to rely on the cameraman <laughs> to do the pan to really make <laughs> yeah, that effect. Yeah, because they couldn't rely on him actually interrupting the segment. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, we would still be waiting for that. Yeah. Um, Ricky Starks murdered Eli Isom. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, Eli Isom getting a warm cup of coffee made yeah. for him backstage that when he went. Back backstage, it was still warm. That's how just, short this yeah. match was. Uh, mm-hmm. Just got murdered with a uh, Mr. X spear and a Rochambeau. So Ricky looking strong. Ricky does have a great spear. He does. But also, why did Ricky only get two minutes? Again, we could have shaved some shit off the top of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Put him more. in there against Dante Martin and, yeah. you know, not have it be a squash and let them go seven. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then Chris Jericho and Bandito, we talked about it. Great fucking match. Bandito got to do all his spots. Yeah. Uh, the I'm surprised press. Jericho agreed to do that uh, um, top or middle rope fall away slam. Yeah, that was thing. that was nutty. The, the 21 yeah. plex looked amazing. Like Bandito looked incredible here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Jericho ends up getting up. the win. Uh, after pulling the mask and, and, and all that fun stuff, hits the walls of Jericho uh, for the submission. And then Jericho said, the Ring of Jericho era has begun. Uh, he's going to desecrate the legacy of Ring of Honor. He's going to take down Danielson on the 12th in Toronto. And he's going to be every mm. single former Ring of Honor champion, commentator, referee, and ring announcer hitting the Judas effect on Bobby Cruz. Uh, I don't mind... Uh, Middle aged and crazy Sun Jericho sometimes. here. I thought this was fun. Um, and again, the match fucking rolled, and I can't wait to see more Bandito and Ring of or well, Ring of Honor and AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, let's go through the list here. Um, so Danielson is already beat. Is he going to try and fight Danielson again? Because I'm just going uh, through former Ring of Honor champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, he challenged him to the the October 12th show. Oh, that's in, right. In okay. Toronto. So, so, so he's yeah. going, Danielson Lethal is there. Yeah, Lethal's he, there. He Bandito. Uh, Joey uh, Samoa. Joe. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, let me just bring out the Ring of Honor world champion list. Uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, I think, is still under contract. He so, is. He is. But he's, injured he's out and, on neck injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Adam Cole, Adam Cole baby, mm-hmm, injured. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else. Uh, let's see. Owens is not there. Rollins, uh, Tyler Black, CM Punk. Not there. If he Pummel. wants to go against yeah. CM okay. Punk, uh-huh. uh huh. Well, uh, Jerry Lynn is backstage. Jerry Lynn is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, bu- 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 Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would watch that match. Hell yeah! Know, again, that, that'd be fucking on, awesome. Uh, on Chris Daniels. Dan- yeah. Okay. Uh, Dalton Castle. Um, Hell yeah, dude! Come on, all right, yeah. let's go. Yeah, let's do Jericho uh, Castle. Roosh, Jericho yeah. Roosh could be really fucking good. Um, Claudio, mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and in terms of people who are on the free market, who they could bring in, uh, Homicide, Austin Aries. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I got there. you. I'm, I'm just uh, reacting. Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards. Uh, yeah, I could see one of those guys coming yeah. over from Impact for that. Or, you know, they could uh, bring in Michael Elgin and really just ruin any goodwill that they have with pro wrestling <laughs> fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody really wants to see that. And here's a show that not many people saw. I still included. Yeah, uh, but it was actually a, a fun episode of Rampage. Kind of stacked. Uh, Rampage... Uh, kicked off with a triple threat for the AW World Tag Team titles as the acclaimed uh, defending against both the Butcher and the Blade and Private Party. Um, really fun match. Uh, the uh, the the issue between Private Party and Butcher and Blade continued, and that allowed the acclaimed to walk away with uh, the the W here. Uh, hitting Blade with the arrival. That's uh, Bowen side slam Uranagi move, and then Caster hitting the mic drop elbow. So uh, that that wasn't was... there a new finisher about uh, the the big scissor or something like that? Um, they... Or was that just a transitional move in the match? Just, just a just a, a move in the match. Just move okay, in the match. Right. yeah, gotcha. Um, Lexi Nair did a interview with the Gun Club. Uh, talking about how they're going to uh, defeat uh, FTR and uh, then go after the AW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, and then. Uh, but they're not the AW Tag Team Champions. Oh, I know. They're saying they're going after the, uh, the belts after they beat FTR. Why not um, just go after the belts? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Lexi Nair then had an interview with Jake Cargill, who got interrupted by Nyla Rose. Okay. So it looks like we're getting Jade versus Nyla, which should be. He's a credible good. challenger yes. for once. Sorry, yes. Diamante. No disrespect. Yeah. Um, Lee Moriarty defeated Fuego del Sol in less than two minutes. So not much for uh, Moriarty there. But again, I, I love his new look with the green hair. It's a good show. Okay. Simon Phoenix? Yes. Yes, exactly. Get him some uh, coveralls, damn it. You know what? I bet teach if, me how to use the three seashells, please. I bet if you tweeted at Stokely Hathaway a photo of currently Moriarty and a photo of Simon Phoenix, he would retweet it. Probably. I think you need to do this, Chris. <laughs> do it from the Rough House account. Well, uh, Lexi Nair then was backstage with Adam Page, Evil Uno, and Ten, who got interrupted by Andrade and Jose the Assistant. And Andrade challenges Ten for a match on the anniversary of Brody Lee's death. Okay. Don't love that. Wait. Don't love that. Wait, in Dece- in December? Uh no, it's next Friday. The date of the anniversary of his death? He died the day after Christmas. Uh, oh, I I I'm sorry. I think it's I think it's the anniversary of his last match. Oh. That's okay. what it is, not his death. All right. My gotcha. bad. Yeah. Um I say, that's a that's a long, but that's a long The way, way it's going to work is match. it's it's 10 versus Andrade. If 10 wins, Andrade is out of AEW. If Andrade wins, 10 has to take off the mask. Okay, that's a fun way to work in uh, real-world drama into into a match. Yes. But then Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway interrupt to alert Andrade to some potential contract tampering from Matt Hardy with Private Party. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) Next Friday's Rampage, by the way, is live uh, from D.C., uh, uh-huh. It's going to be two hours of live programming as it's 10 versus, or not 10 versus Andrade, that's part of it, but Rampage 
then battle from of the 10 belts. to 11 and then battle of the belts from 11 to 12 both hours airing live back to back yes okay so a late night in the nation's capital for those yeah. of you going we had jamie hater versus will nightingale like i said it was very good uh hater ends up winning um as she should yes big german suplex followed by a short arm clothesline for the finish okay. uh then we had a promo for war joe tag team of still hate Lord. that name but Samoa okay joe. And uh, we had a video package narrated by Tony Schiavone showing Swerve Strickland attending the Rolling Loud Music Festival. Strickland is upset about losing the tag team titles and might interrupt the acclaimed National Scissoring Day celebration. He was so upset about losing, he went to a music festival. Yes. Gotcha. Um, And then uh, we had a promo for the upcoming AEW World Title match between... Uh, Adam Page, Page and John Moxley. Page says, you know what? I know the fans are going to be behind me on that dynamite. And then he gets told that it's going to be in Cincinnati. <laughs> and his face drops. I thought it was actually pretty clever. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we had Roosh against John Silver. That was your main event. Uh, How hungry was Johnny? Uh, very. I, I, I thought it was a very, very good match. Um, but like, unfortunately, the rest of the show it was pretty... You know, pretty much not something that is going to move the needle one way or another. Uh, but I, I thought it was a very, very good time. Um, yeah. And honestly, I could watch those two have matches every day of the week. But uh, we head to the big uh, anniversary edition of uh, Dynamite and a live Rampage Battle of the Belts. Here's what we've got so far for both of those shows. Dynamite on Wednesday will have MJF versus Wheeler Yuta. We have the National Scissoring Day celebration with the acclaimed Billy Gunn. Luchasaurus will be in action. Darby Allen will face Jay, uh, Jay Lethal. We'll have a six-woman tag, uh, as that's going to be Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale uh, against Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford. We're going to have uh, Danielson and Daniel Garcia against Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So okay. pretty stacked dynamite show. Yeah. Uh, then Rampage is going to have 10 versus Andrade, Mask versus AEW Career, and announced for Battle of the Belts, just one match so far, but one should be really fucking good. Pac is going to be defending the All-Atlantic Championship against Trent. So that okay. should be pretty fucking rad. I, I saw somebody tweet out a random stat, and I don't know the validity of it. I don't remember the actual numbers, but something mm-hmm. along the lines of Andrade has had only like seven um, solo matches in his entirety of AEW career, or something like that. Wow, that is <laughs> that insane? is not surprising. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, I mean, in retrospect, it's surprising. But like, right. if you told me, yeah, it turns out it's only been seven matches so far. That makes a lot of sense. It sucks, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of alarming, actually. Yeah, yeah, not not amazing. No. Uh, but you know, we'll 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 see uh we'll see if this is really the swan song for Andrade or if uh we're about to see how handsome Ten is. He's pretty fucking handsome. Yeah. Cuz he's pretty, been pretty uh, he was on fucking Rose of the Top without a mask on for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. I I I I think it's time to take the mask off him. Sure. Personally. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the masks have grown grown a little more, you know, 
silly. I mean, the Deathstroke one was okay, and then yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, him him getting that, that Joker face. fight is unnecessary. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do that. He's, I mean, the guy's got the look, man. He's got yeah. an amazing upper body. Oh, he's yeah. solid in the ring, and he's not unattractive. He's a handsome fellow. So, you know, take off that mask, and I'll add him to my list. <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Do you have a little wrestling fan who's just bad at math? Are you worried they won't get their multiplication tables this year? Well, Booker T is here to help you with learning math with Booker T. Bob Tap! Bob Tap! Bob Tap! Booker T will help you with your multiplication, like what? Bob Tap! 25 is. Or what? Bob Tap! 8 is. If you order now, we'll throw in another educational tape for you. Learning fractions and percentages with Scott Steiner. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you've got an 8 and a third chance of winning. That's learning math with Booker T. And if you can't learn math with Booker T, you are definitely a sucker!